Welcome to the Food Life Podcast. You are about to hear easy to prepare and fun to serve recipes plus cooking tips paired with real conversation about the issues we face every day. It's food and life. And now, here's your host, Donna Britt. Welcome to Episode 7, The Snowball Effect which is inspired by this winter storm that I have been in the middle of for the last several days. I really wanted to record this one as I was walking with my dog Gus, but I figured it was a little too dangerous to navigate all the piles of snow and the icy spots, walk a dog and record at the same time. So I'm settling for my home studio and I'm looking out the window at piles of snow, (laughs) snow literally up to the windows. This is about observations and reflections that I have made during this winter storm and what I'm calling the snowball effect. I'll also share a favorite childhood memory and a recipe from my childhood, a recipe that only happened, that could only be made when it snowed. And growing up in the South, it didn't snow every winter and it didn't snow very, very often obviously, if it didn't snow every winter, but every once in a while we'd have a good one or we would have enough of one to make some snow cream. So that recipe is coming up. But first, I want to start with things I've observed and experienced during this winter snow event. There's been a lot written and even studies done about humans' reaction to disasters, including things that are weather-related, hurricanes, tsunamis, earthquakes, even snowstorms. And there is proof that a lot of times disaster brings out the best in people. Yes, I know it can also bring out the worst, but being me, I want to focus on the best. And what I witnessed this week, which I am now calling the snowball effect. Here are some examples of things that I saw as I was trudging through the neighborhood with the dogs, (laughs) trying to get a little exercise, is people were helping each other out Neighbors that I've never even seen before were out visiting with other neighbors and helping each other shovel. And those who have snowblowers were not just snowblowing their own driveway and the sidewalk in front of their house, but also helping neighbors who didn't have snowblowers or didn't have a good shovel. I also saw strangers offering to help other people. For example, I saw a couple walking down the street, and I saw a car stop, and obviously they didn't know each other, but the person in the car said, hey, are you guys walking because you're stranded or because you need a ride? And they said, oh, no, we're just out walking in the snow. Um, And that's something you don't see all the time. I also observed people sharing information with each other. If somebody had been out driving, they were sharing with their neighbor what they had experienced on the drive, like how bad it really was and how everybody should really just be staying home. And the neighbors that live on either side of me um, have been are are relatively new. I've had several different neighbors over the past five or six years, and they're relatively new. We wave at each other sometimes. We might say hello briefly, but there hasn't been a lot of conversation. And even though they're, you know, right there, (laughs) but we're all out shoveling and people are talking to each other and people are being kind to each other. And I was just very impressed, I guess, with that experience. And I was thinking, okay, well, it's one thing to have a snowstorm, which is bad enough, but it's not anything like some of the devastating weather-related things that have happened just in our recent memory and history. Tornadoes and hurricanes and 
um, tsunamis and things like that. And, and, and we read and we see on the media or through the media how people are just helping each other out and leaning on each other. And I saw that happening right here in my own neighborhood in, the own, in this little town that I live in. So then some other things that um, I guess I would call these insights it, that I had is that there's more than one way to shovel a driveway. Sort of goes back to my favorite, one of my favorite old adages, which is there's more than one way to skin a cat. Whoever skinned a cat in the first place. I don't know. I don't know where that saying originated, but I've always liked it. So I saw people doing all kinds of different things as far as how they were clearing out their driveway or making it where they could get their car um, uncovered out of the snow. There are those folks who shovel constantly. (laughs) The minute the snow falls, starts to fall, they're out there and they're shoveling, shoveling, shoveling. There are people who wait till a few inches build up and then they go out and shovel and they may go out and shovel every hour or two. And then there are those who wait for it to stop. And I saw more than one family out there with their shovels and their snow blowers and all the kids and everybody trying to uh, shovel about three feet of snow off the top of their car and out of their driveway so that they could get out and and do whatever. And I thought, how fun and how interesting and how, I guess, I know I, I grew up in a family of control freaks. I've always been surrounded by people who are very controlling. Heck, I might be even a little bit of one myself. <laughs> And those, those types tend to think that their way is usually not only the best way, but the right way and really the only way to shovel. But it was so fun to see that, no, there's more than one way. And while it may be less frustrating and more efficient to shovel along the way and not wait till it really piles up and it's really a hard job, I think there are some personalities, some people that are probably always going to wait and that's okay. I mean, it's maybe harder on them, but if they're okay with it, so what? You know, I tried to teach my kids that it's easier to do a little bit at a time, but I'm not sure that they've gotten that yet. And I think people have to learn it the hard way, you know, or or just learn things their own way. And what they decide to take away from their lessons is uh, really their own business. And sort of adjacent to that is there's more than one way to get to the mailbox <laughs> because I was trying to get to my mailbox in the usual way. And it's like a community mailbox, you know, where you have your key and you go unlock your little slot. It makes me kind of sad that n- not all neighborhoods have old-fashioned mailboxes anymore, but I-, I think those may be going by the wayside. But anyway, I couldn't get through because not everybody had shoveled their sidewalk and then where the mailbox boxes are, I think nobody's really clear about who's supposed to shovel that. So I actually, I did a little shoveling around the mailbox area. But first I had to get there and I had to take a different path, which reminded me that, you know, you get into your rut, you get into your routine, you get into your circle, and it's really easy to do the same things the same way all the time. And part of that is because maybe you feel like this is the best way to do it. This is the best path to take. But this winter weather, mother nature thing reminded me that it's not the only path to take. And I actually kind of had fun with it, figuring out how to get to the mailbox a different way. I sort of felt like I was in this uh, Arctic Circle, North Pole (laughs) maze. And there were a couple of times I was like, oh, I can't step there or I'm going to go down up to my waist and get stuck in the snow. And that wouldn't be a good thing. Uh, So it was a little bit of a mind puzzle. 
But it was refreshing to realize and kind of exciting to discover another path to the mailbox. (laughs) And all of this uh, was really about Mother Nature and what was happening around me and how it was nature's way, intentionally or not, but nature's way is just the way, and how this much snow and even less snow, anytime there's a snowfall, it quiets everything down. It calms everything down. Usually I can hear traffic on the street behind my house. And since the snow started falling, you can just hear barely, barely a hum when a car goes by. So it's a hunkering down time, a going inside time, literally and metaphorically, a time to slow down. <laughs> which for somebody like me is kind of tough. Maybe maybe you don't have trouble slowing down, but but I do. And it was a reminder that there's a time to be still, to be quiet, to listen, to nourish not just your body, but also your soul, and to maybe do things that you don't normally do. The kids around here have been out of school all week long. Maybe it's time to teach the kids a new card game. Sure, go sledding, have fun in the snow, but then you come inside And maybe do something different besides turning on the TV or just playing video games or whatever kids do now on their phone, Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera. Teach the kids a new card game or play a board game. Make a pot of soup together. Maybe read a book you've been meaning to read. I did that this week. It was kind of nice. Maybe write a letter or send somebody uh, some correspondence that you haven't talked to in a while. I know. I don't really write letters anymore. I send cards sometimes. I typically email or text, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just fine and dandy. But maybe just do something a little bit different, something that's a little slower pace, something that takes a little more time to just help yourself embrace and enjoy the quiet and the calm. And finally, my other insight was don't fight it, (laughs) except that there's three and a half feet of snow outside Sure, you got to shovel if you want to get out of your driveway, and sure, you got to rake some snow off your roof if you don't want it to collapse and things like that. So there's work that has to be done. But there's also a point where you can accept that you have to move slower. Even if you do get out of your driveway and you're driving around, you're going to have to drive slower than maybe you usually would. And it's okay to take another path sometimes. I mean, the the simple exercise of having to find another way to the mailbox for me was a reminder that, wow, it's okay if I have to do something differently than maybe I'm used to doing it. Not only is it okay, but maybe it's good for me to do that. Maybe it's good for my brain and my soul. The other insight was to take the calm beyond the snow. So when it's all melted and it's gone away and spring springs and flowers bloom and the birds come back out and start singing, Can I take some of that calm with me and continue to be kind to each other? That, that I think, was the thing that stuck with me the most. Why do we struggle so much with that? Why on an everyday basis do we struggle with being kind and and compassionate toward each other sometimes when it seems to just naturally come out of us when we're working together together? to deal with with a disaster or to deal with four feet of snow, (laughs) you know, a mini disaster. It seems like it's a a natural 
it was a natural occurrence or it is a natural occurrence. And I think it's probably why hum- humans have been around as long as they have is that we instinctively know when to pull together, know when we have to work together for sur- for survival. I also felt really grateful that we've advanced to the point where we pretty much all have warm house or a lot of us are lucky enough to have warm houses to live in and uh, we are protected from the elements to some degree some folks lost their power and that's that's tough and it's just a reminder of how we used to be out in the elements so much more think about that a long time ago what if what if a, a, it was time for a baby to be born and there wasn't a, a hospital and a and a doctor or a midwife you were just there having your baby in the in the whatever was happening and i was thinking about wow life used to be physically really hard obviously i've had a lot of time for my brain to wander this week <laughs> as i've been snowbound but i've been trying to take away some lessons from it and i did just want to share a little bit with you because i was very impressed with the the spirit of the community around here and how people were coming together and helping each other out and i thought that's it that's what we need more of all over the planet and we can just start in our own neighborhood when it snows. Now, that also conjured up my childhood memory of what my mama called snow cream. And the minute there was enough snow that she could catch some in a big bowl, she was making snow cream and we loved it. It was like homemade ice cream. And I thought, wow, I wonder if that was just something unique to where I grew up or my family. But heck, I got online and I was surprised there were snow ice cream recipes all over the internet. It was just kind of crazy. And um, I thought, wow, uh, let's see if I can remember what my mom did and um, and share that with you. So here's the recipe for snow cream. And yes, it is okay to eat snow as long as it's clean. And you can know that it's clean if it's a lily white and you don't want to collect any snow from near the street or any snow that has any debris or dirt in it. Really, the best thing to do is set a bowl outside while it's snowing. But if the snow has already fallen and there are just piles of it everywhere, find a clean pile and collect yourself about collect yourself rather <laughs> about eight cups of snow. You need four tablespoons of sugar a teaspoon of vanilla, and one cup of milk. It can be any kind of milk, whole milk, half and half, cream, evaporated milk, just a cup of milk. And you might not even need that whole cup, or you might need a little bit more. So what you're going to do is you got your snow. You're going to snow snow in, stir in the sugar and the vanilla, and then you want to slowly stir in just enough milk to get it the consistency that you want. And it's not going to be like hard, hard ice cream. It's going to be more like soft serve or homemade ice cream. And the thing is, after you get it all mixed up, if you wanted to, you could put it in the freezer and let it get hard, harder. But we always ate it right then fresh. So you have your, your, your cream, your snow cream mixed up. You put it in a bowl and put some sprinkles on top <laughs> or whipped cream or chocolate syrup or whatever you want. And there you go. It's snow cream. Thanks, Mama. And I thank Mother Nature for bringing this snow that took me back to my childhood so I could remember snow cream and uh, have that wonderful fond memory of it. So I think that just about covers it. I, You know, I've been thinking about this 
uh, for the past several days, almost a whole whole week, as I've been walking in the snow every day and observing. And every day I took a walk, I, I thought of something else that I wanted to share. But I think that um, I, I, I covered the observations and, and the big insights that I had. And I hope they mean something to you. You can go and review them and see them and get the recipe for snow cream and see some more beautiful pictures from my photographer, Tambi Lane, online at foodlifepod.com. Dot com. And while you're there, send me a note and tell me what kind of recipes you would like to hear and what kind of life things you would like for us to be talking about here on the Food Life Podcast. I'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. <music>